Independence Day Eve. Hello, welcome into the Y'all Show with John Rawl on the eve before the big national holiday tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show. Hope you have had a great day thus far and we're going to have a chock full action packed show on today's Y'all program. We're going to talk some politics in a little bit. Stephen Doyle from the News and Record in Greensboro, North Carolina will be stopping by to tell us all about the Republican scene across the South, and we'll share some thoughts about President Donald Trump, and we'll talk about North Carolina politics. If you thought Washington was a little wacky, well, Raleigh, they, they're doing some wacky stuff there in the area known as the Research Triangle. So we'll have information on that in today's Y'all Show, plus later this hour, a politician running for U.S. Senate in the state of Mississippi, which is a pretty southern state, I must admit, is wearing a tire that just is not befitting a candidate from Mississippi. I'll tell you all about it. We'll have some fun, especially if you like Major League Baseball. You'll want to stick around for that hour or two. We're going to look at the Sunbelt Conference, a little preview of what they've got to offer here in 2018 as college football is rapidly approaching. Also, we'll tell you about some predictions in the FCS ranks in our sports land yap this week. Also, Matt Hearmans, we'll have a little bit of an interview with him that we had talking some 4th of July grilling, a little bit of an encore from last week on that. And to wrap up the show this week, we're going to look at, you know, we talk about the fathers of our country heading into Independence Day, but there were actually a few heroines of the American Revolution, and a couple of them had Southern connections. In fact, one of them's even kin to yours truly, John Rawl. And I'll tell you about my cousin Emily Giger later in the show and how she helped out during the American Revolution. So it is going to be a good show today. Well, let's dive headfirst into the headlines across the country and South. First, the, the main story that's applicable to the South that's coming from Washington. President Trump looks to rescind race guidelines and college admissions, according to a report out from the Wall Street Journal. The guidelines, which were put in place in the Obama administration in 2011 and 2016, put forth legal recommendations that, that Trump officials contend, quote, mislead schools to believe that legal forms of affirmative action are simpler to achieve than the law allows, the journal reported. This action here could possibly rattle some feathers as the Trump administration looks to possibly make acceptance into college a little more, I would say, fair, a little less race guidelines thrown out the window. And that, according to the Wall Street Journal, is in the process. So, again, news there from the nation's capital. Now across the southeast, hey, it is hurricane season. And we keep our eye on activity from the ocean and from the Gulf here on the Y'all Show. We know how big of a deal Mother Nature can be with hurricanes, especially in the fall, but even in the summertime. Heck, we have a little, we had a little minor fender bender with a tropical storm in late may remember that the one that came up through the gulf coast and and brought a lot of heavy rain to alabama mississippi i think some tennessee area areas in tennessee were affected well there is something to keep your eye on in in the tropics as hurricane forecasters have two spots they're currently watching and according to them, it probably won't happen, but it could develop. And that's why they're keeping their eye on this 
action. In the Gulf of Mexico, they think that there could be a small chance of something becoming a tropical depression. And so they've got their eye there on the low pressure system. And rain from that system has been spreading already in parts of Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas. And they expect that to continue for a few days. There's also in the Atlantic, the Hurricane Center has a second area of interest on the board. Probably nothing to worry about at this point. Probably nothing to worry about at all. But here on the Y'all Show, we know how important the tropics and, and all that's going on with hurricanes and, and even tropical storms can be. I was in the awful, uh, whatever it was that came through in the fall of 2017, and I was hundreds of miles away from an ocean in the mountains of North Georgia, and I was pretty darn scared. That was that was a rough one. And for the most part, we've dodged major hurricanes in the American Southeast, at least. I know Puerto Rico had a rough go of it last year, but we've dodged major, major hurricanes in most of the American South. Houston had a hurricane, but really it was flooding from that hurricane that was so awful. Uh, Corpus Christi, I know they got the full brunt of the hurricane that came through there in late August and early September of last year. But we, we've been lucky for the most part in the Southeast since Katrina, really. Uh, but but it, it can change in a heartbeat, and they can keep coming. We saw in Puerto Rico last year, they had two hurricanes come back-to-back back and really created a mess in an in a island that was already suffering from a lot of governmental issues and not having a proper power grid. Hurricane season is upon us. Everybody keep your eyes on weather forecast and such so that you can make appropriate plans, especially if you live in areas where you need to evacuate when bad weather heads your way. A Texas man is accused of stabbing and beating his girlfriend's husband to death after being the victim of a prank. Jason Mass, whose wife was dating Thomas Roll, hid one of their cars and swiped Roll's identification card before he was murdered on Sunday, according to Harris County, Texas officials. A witness told investigators that Roll threatened Mass with phone calls and text messages regarding the theft of the ID card. Moss agreed to meet Roll in order to return the stolen ID, and he never returned to his motel. His body was found in the parking lot of a credit union in Harris County, and Roll confessed to the brutal slaying to a friend. A prank, not good, and it, it leads to the killing of a man there in Texas. A woman from Chattanooga was killed over the weekend in the Bahamas as a boat exploded. She was a tourist on a boat that had 12 passengers, 10 Americans and two Bahamians, at the time of the explosion off the island of Exuma, which is 130 miles south of Nassau. Several people were injured in the blast, and it was a scary scene. It was caught on video, actually. The U.S. Coast Guard said in a news release that it provided assistance transporting four American citizens to Florida after the explosion. Malika Grimes Jackson died when the boats burst into flames at 9 a.m., according to her father. Again, she was a native of Chattanooga. The wrong number. Ooh, here's a uh, case of stupidity. Wrong number leads to attempt to sell weed to cop. In Fairfax, Virginia, a mistake worthy of Cheech and Chong kind of in play as a man is under arrest there for drug distribution charges. Fairfax County officials claim that the man 
dialed a wrong number and sent a text last week to one of their officers offering to sell marijuana. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the text of the tweet said, new phone, who dis? A person texted one of our officers selling, offering to sell them marijuana, uh, marijuana and obviously had the wrong number. Yeah, if you're going to sell drugs, make sure you get the right number, okay? Good, good information to know in case you're thinking about a career change. <laughs> okay, GOP candidate in South Carolina running in the 1st Congressional District, Katie Arrington. We told you how she was recently injured in a horrible car accident on US-17 between Charleston and Hilton Head. She was heading to the island for a speaking engagement and to receive a, an award on a Saturday morning. Well, on Friday night, she was hurt in a horrible car accident. She had just won the primary defeating longtime political figure, former governor of South Carolina, current congressman, Mark Sanford, and a little bit of an upset where Donald Trump chimed in during the primary on the primary election day in support of Arrington. Well, she's been in real rough shape in the hospital after this accident, which killed the driver of the car that hit her, a car that was going in the wrong lane. Well, good news, she sent a tweet out and a Facebook message saying, she, she said, quote, thank you family and friends from across our beautiful low country, state and nation for your prayers and support. Thank you to the incredible EMTs and paramedics, sheriff deputies and good Samaritans on the scene for saving Jackie and my life. Thank you to the amazing doctors, nurses, physical therapists, and staff at the Medical University of South Carolina for your continued care. And she's got a beautiful picture of her in bed, recovering with her hand over her heart, looking out the window. And the window, if you see this pic, it is a, a wonderful picture of the city of Charleston with the bridge in the background and just one of the most beautiful cities in the world, frankly, Charleston, South Carolina. And she would represent Charleston if elected in the general election in the fall. She also sent something via Twitter out, a tweet from Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. Words from Katie Arrington, congressional candidate from the state of South Carolina, recovering after an awful accident just a few days ago. In Williamson County, Tennessee, where Franklin is located, the Williamson District Attorney's Office has had to recuse itself in a case where a Nashville Predators player is charged with domestic assault. Austin Watson was recently arrested, and he's a Predators player. The Nashville Predators about 15 miles up the road from Williamson County, playing in Nashville, of course. Well, the DA's office, District Attorney Kim Helper, asked her office to be removed from the case because her husband is a vice president with the Nashville Predators. Kind of a little bit of a conflict of interest there. And so she's re requested to be removed. And now the DA from nearby Rutherford County will be handling the case in the case of this Nashville Predators player who evidently has admitted to pushing his girlfriend in late June, Austin Watson, for the Nashville Preds. Now, other news from Williamson County in Franklin, Tennessee. On Friday, a man going into jail there in Franklin escaped from a Tennessee highway patrolman as he was being booked into the Williamson County Jail. He, he ran away, he, he, he assaulted the cop, got in a dump truck, and fled. And he's been missing for several days. Well, the good news is Joseph Ray Perkins 
was arrested. He's been captured in Mobile, Alabama after several days on the run. And this 31-year-old is now back behind bars. He had an extradition warrant from Tuscaloosa County, Alabama for a probation violation. And that that's the original charge. The original charge was burglary. And now he's charged with felony evading, three counts of felony reckless endangerment, theft over $10,000, and fugitive from justice. Additional charges are pending. Good news there that Mr. Perkins is behind bars. And evidently, as he was escaping Friday morning early, they say that his shoes had been found in a nearby rock quarry in Franklin. <laughs> Pretty hard to run from the law when you aren't wearing shoes, but he was able to get away for several days. But he is now back behind bars. In Mississippi, not long ago, we told you about how former head coach Billy Brewer passed away back in, what, back in May. Well, another former Ole Miss football player turned head coach Billy Kennard died this past weekend at the age of 84 in Fort Payne, Alabama, where he lived. Kennard was an Ole Miss alum who played for Johnny Vault's Ole Miss Rebels in the 50s, and upon John Vault's retirement at Ole Miss in 1970, Kennard became his successor as head coach. He led the Rebels to a 10-2 season in his first season and a Peach Bowl win over Georgia Tech. He ultimately was shown the door after the Rebels didn't have the kind of success that they wanted and what they had had under Johnny Vault. And Billy Kennard went on to be the head coach at Gardner-Webb in Bowling Springs, North Carolina, where he was 20-14-1 and as a head coach of the Gardner-Webb Bulldogs. Billy Kennard, dead at the age of 84, former Ole Miss and Gardner-Webb football coach. Now to Florida and a weird, weird story. A 91-year-old man has been arrested because he threatened a pastor over an ex-girlfriend. They say that this 91-year-old thought a pastor was involved with his ex-girlfriend, so he went to the church and confronted him with a gun. Deputies in the Pasco County Sheriff's Department say that Cornelius Jones went to the New Bethel AME Church in Lacoochee and confronted the pastor about his ex-girlfriend, who still lives with Jones, by the way. And Jones wanted to know why she was at the church, and the pastor approached them when he heard Jones's voice. That's when investigators say Jones stood up, held the handgun above his head, and threatened the pastor. Then the pastor and three women went to his office and called 911. So when you're in your 90s, I guess you could still hold a gun up and cause all kind of commotion, even in church, even at the New Bethel AME Church in Lacoochee. That is a different kind of story there. Well, that's a look at the South on this Tuesday before Independence Day. When we come back, we'll turn our eye to the world of politics. Stephen Doyle from the News and Record in Greensboro, North Carolina and Greensboro.com is going to come on and give us his take on Republican politics in the Southeast. We'll talk presidential politics and North Carolina politics and a whole lot more. That's coming up next on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. 
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now, this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. And welcome back to today's Y'all program, the show all about y'all. John Rawl talking Southern politics now, and y'all will dive into the world of politics from time to time and get the political climate going on within the region. And right now we go to Greensboro, North Carolina, where the columnist Stephen Doyle joins us from the Greensboro News and Record and Greensboro.com. And we're going to get his take on what in the world is going on with the Republican Party in Dixie. Stephen, welcome into the Y'all Show. Hey, John, welcome. First off, I know you're a native Southerner, so tell us a little bit of your background as we get going. I'm a Southern farm boy. I grew up on a dairy and tobacco farm in the middle of Kentucky. Uh, went to college in Mississippi, South Mississippi, at the University of Southern Mississippi. To the top. And I spent my career. I'm sorry? I said to the top. That's right. <laughs> and I. Uh, Thank you. And uh, I spent my career working in four states uh, around the South, uh, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, and now North Carolina. I've been in the business for about 45 years, so I've seen a lot of it. Uh, and so I, I'm, I've ventured around the nation and the world, so I've not lived all my life in the South, but I'm definitely a Southern-born person. Now, you're a columnist there in Greensboro, and we want to first, as we know, at the end of last week, there was an awful shooting in Annapolis, Maryland. I just wanted to keep the families of the victims there uh, of that uh, tragedy in mind, but also as someone who works in journalism on a day-to-day basis, your thoughts on that uh, horrible scene from last Thursday. Well, I was, just, I was just trying to write something about that because it's, very, it's, it's affected me a lot. We, we live constantly with, with threats. I mean, it's not – I mean, people call – they get angry about anything. They get angry because their paper didn't arrive on time. They get angry because you wrote something they didn't like. They get angry because something appeared 15 years ago that's affecting them now. Uh, so we understand the, that people are angry. They, we get calls and letters, and people drop in frequently. And, mm-hmm. and there's scary moments, no question. Uh, so it's just part of the what we deal with. But what happened was unbelievable. And it just for people just to be doing their jobs, just sitting in a newsroom, and for all of a sudden somebody to walk in and unload on them and kill five people was just a tragedy. Um, this was a little bit more personal for some people around here because that newspaper and this newspaper used to be owned by the same company, wow. a landmark. So there are people who know each other. There are people whose careers have you know crossed paths on their journalistic journeys. So it's a little bit more personal in that regard. I don't know. It just it was just stunning, and I couldn't take my eyes off of coverage, CNN, et cetera 
trying to uh, keep track of the various press conferences. Um, right. And it was it was awful. Now you are a columnist there at, in Greensboro. That's your title. I'm the editorial page editor and a columnist. Yeah. Okay. So just kind of going back to the the fact that in Annapolis someone was angry with the newspaper. What kind of rules, if any, do it, does a columnist have at a newspaper? Are you are you supposed to kind of rattle the edges and such? Well, a columnist is writes his or her personal opinion. Okay. Uh, it's not the newspaper's opinion. It's not you know society's opinion. It's it's my opinion as an observer, uh, based on life experiences, based on reporting, based on analysis, based on reading. Uh, it uh, it's just my combined logic on a particular subject and. Right or wrong, it's just me. Uh, people who called have called when I was in other editor positions who called to complain about a columnist. I would say, look, that person just has an opinion like you do. If you don't like it, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to read it even. Mm-hmm. Just don't get angry with the paper because you don't like one person's opinion. And right. that's kind of the way we, we approach this. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that the, whenever something gets put in the in the description of an editorial, it's truly nothing but an opinion or a columnist is True. an opinion. And it's not... AP absolute fact coming at you. It's an opinion, and and uh, we we cherish our newspapers. It's a business that is a, a fundamental part of the founding of this country. Newspapers and journalism, and and we like to um, remind people that uh, you guys do a, a very good job, and and we're we're very appreciative. Now, one reason we're chatting with you Thank today you. is because of your what you're writing there in Greensboro when it comes to the world of politics. And I'm going to specifically talk to you about your recent column. There is nothing grand about this old party, but what is your take on the political landscape in this region? And it includes, of course, your native Kentucky, where you went to college in Mississippi, North Carolina, and all states in between the modern climate of politics in the South. Well, I think it's I think the South um, above everywhere else has rallied around Donald Trump. And I think Donald Trump has, has changed the Republican Party. Uh, it, was, it was evolving that way already, uh, but I think he he changed he moved the needle to the right. I think he he is not a true conservative, and but I think he he has motive, motivated a base that that socially, primarily socially, I'm going to say, somewhat economically, but primarily socially, uh, goes much farther right and and the southern so it's played to, played to the southern culture a lot. Mm-hmm. Isn't it strange to you, Stephen, that a guy from Manhattan is so beloved in the South and has uh, captured the majority of Southerners and certainly the Republicans within the South, that this fellow, this this loud Yankee, has come and taken over? Yeah, that'd be unheard of a few years ago, wouldn't it? I mean, anything in the South that was reviled more than uh, the in anything was a person from a Yankee, you know, uh, and one with a big mouth, one with a big mouth that knows everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, uh, who, you know, who doesn't know anything about anything that goes on in the South, except where the airports are, I guess. <laughs> but he, he, you know, yeah, it's, it surprised me. It has surprised me in a sense, but you know, he made his reputation, not in the, in, among most voters, I think not so much as a business person, but as a TV guy. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a celebrity on television right i think that's what people see of him they 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 see the role that he that he portrayed in that show and the, the apprentice and he he is he is projected at into his political career 
And I think that's what people see of him. That's what they think he is, and they don't really didn't really know a lot about him beyond that. But they kind of like the show, kind of like his bombacity. They kind of like you know his his shoot from the hip style. So they they've embraced it. And and plus, they don't. He doesn't like Barack Obama, and neither do they. So well, that, that, that's what I was going to touch on. He is the uh, the definition of anti-Obama. Everything Obama stood for, he stands against, and it, and that continues. We're talking with Stephen Doyle of the News and Record in Greensboro, North Carolina. Greensboro.com. He is a columnist there in the old North State. And talking about North Carolina, we just saw last week President Trump went to South Carolina campaigning for Henry McMaster to be reelected governor or elected, I guess, for the first time since he ascended to that position after Nikki Haley went to New York to be the ambassador at the UN. How much has the president been to North Carolina since he's taken office? A couple of times. He came to Greensboro not long after getting elected uh, for a fundraiser, Okay. Uh, private fundraiser, very private. And he's he's made a couple of other appearances, but it's not been, you know, he hopscotches around to places he's going to get the most favorable audience. And, you know, North Carolina uh, in went for Trump by a narrow margin, but it's definitely not necessarily a Republican stronghold as far as the voting base goes mm-hmm. so you know he hasn't been here quite as much he'll probably drop by sometime in the f- near future to campaign for one of the co- congressional candidates we don't have any senator senatorial elections this year so yeah. we, we do have uh some fairly hot uh congressional races that could flip so he might be around to help with those well i know president trump loves to get on that plane and go and get those rallies and get the fire, crowd fired up behind him and I will say about President Obama, it seems like for most of the South, when he was president, he didn't pay much attention to the South. He was focused more on the big blue states. Uh, that was my opinion. But I know I know a one deep South state I don't think he ever went to while he was in the White House. And President Trump... Now he did, go he ahead. did come to North Carolina. Yeah, well, he didn't come to some of the states like Alabama and Mississippi very much. I don't even think he went to Tennessee all that often. Um, but he... he he uh, he didn't like. Well, I mean, let's just face it. Trump does these rallies because he he personally enjoys them, and so that uh, probably right. is part of the equation. But uh, I, I will. I I just want to say selfishly, President Trump, if you're listening, if you like getting on the plane and going places, we just don't want you to forget the South, including states like North Carolina, because he often and regularly heaps praise on the states that some say turned the election to his favor, the Ohio's, Michigan's, Wisconsin's, and Pennsylvania. But let's not forget, North Carolina was a state that was kind of a toss-up, and, and so was Florida. And the other solid South that voted for him, uh, we, I just, I, and it's not just in, in, in his appearances, also in his decision-making when it comes to policy. He oftentimes talks about those four states above the Mason-Dixon line and the South could benefit big time. Now, he has praised in the last few days the reopening of a plant in Georgetown, South Carolina, and uh, so that that's good to hear that coming from the president. Now, let's talk about some party politics. As we said, you had a recent article on Greensboro.com that caught my eye, and it was a column, rather, called There is Nothing Grand About This Old Party. And if you haven't had a chance, go to Greensboro.com and check this out. It's a a very intriguing piece written by Stephen. Tell me what led to you pinning this piece. Well, just observe what I was seeing happen around the country. And it's it's 
it, it's not a unique idea that there's been a lot of, of division between traditional cont- uh, Republicans and the newer base that's evolved. Um, the more the, the more right wing base that's evolved. And I, when I grew up, the South had most Democratic leaders in the South were what would now be Republicans. They they and they as most of the state governments and state representatives. And Congress now have flipped to Republican. It's it's indicative of that. The, the the personal social position of most residents was really aligned more with the conservativeness of the Republican Party back then. And but it but there needed to be some change in in the way the South was 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 being led because uh, of opportunity of uh, being you know just vibrant new leadership. And so the Republicans were campaigning against a, a stiff wind of, of tradition with. Uh, the you know Jim Eastlands and and Strom Thurmonds and et cetera who who had been in Congress and Senate for years. So, but now the Republican Party has gone back the other way, and it's been very obvious to us that a lot of the traditional elements that drew Southerners to the party now have been have been diluted a little bit. Don't you think part of the reason the the embracing of Trump though is because the Republicans put a foot forward i don't know if it was their best foot forward with john mccain and mitt romney and they both lost and trump was a guy that that actually could win and has won and republicans got tired of losing i think that's part of it okay. and i think also it, it, it attracted a, a republican voter who wouldn't vote for a traditional republican candidate didn't feel like you know you think John McCain would appear to appeal to a lot of people because he was a war hero. He's a very nice, well-spoken guy. He's a thoughtful leader. Uh, he's he's articulate. Uh, he's kind of the anti-Trump Republican in a way. And obviously, they don't agree on many things. Um, and I would you would think he would have rallied the base more than Mitt Romney, who's you know is, is popscotched around the country with different political legacies and was very polished and rich and. Mm-hmm. And not the sort of person that a blue collar factory worker was going to embrace very easily. Uh, but Trump is because he's entertaining. He says outrageous things. He's he, he speaks off the cuff. Often says things that are are, are inaccurate. But they don't care about that. They don't care about uh, about how his veracity. They just care that he's out there trying to get things done, and and he's make, he's entertaining them in the process. He's he's, he's speaking the things that they have thought and have not said and he, and he dominates the news cycle in fact let me ask you this did you ever uh did you ever write about president obama as much when you were in a position like you are now with the newspaper or are you writing about trump all the time now well i try not to okay <laughs> it'd be easy just to sit down every time you wanted to write something to write something about trump it's constant it's a constant barrage of opportunity for mm-hmm thought and an opinion and, and frankly that's why cable tv news and uh talk shows such as your podcast and, and others of its ilk have 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 ex- expanded ex- and exploded so much people just have so much to say about so many things going on and and we talk often in our newsroom that what goes on in our news cycle now is unbelievable we have most newsrooms have newsrooms have fewer reporters and editors and we have so much more that could be covered. There's just it's just an, a, a bottomless pit, and it keeps going deeper every day. Um, and he, so we try to temper that. You know, we could easily concentrate on the president, but you know, we're a local newspaper. We want to concentrate on local issues. 
how the president relates to those is important, but sometimes we have to step back from that and concentrate more on, on, on state and local government politics, social well, issues. So. One of the aspects of your recent column that we're referencing here on today's Y'all Show is the fact that you talk about how you've had friends and family and fellow uh, people that have been elected leaders that you've admired uh, in the GOP, and you can't help but wonder what it is that made them put on blinders to the people around them and the man who would profess to serve them but truly only serves him. Tell me about that strong right. statement there. Well, I do. I do. I have I have family members who were Republican, you know, at county government, city government, that sort of thing, uh, and other people that I've known pretty well, and I respect them a lot, and I know they're good people. I know their souls. I know their hearts. And I know what they care about, and they don't—they're not over there with Donald Trump in their in their viewpoints. Yet they and some other people around here who are elected for our state government uh, are in the same position. They're good people. They, but they get the the Republican Party sucks you into a vacuum, and now you follow the you follow the Pied Piper, as I refer to him. He he. He, he he is playing that flute and walking in his direction, and you either go along or you don't. And those who don't go along get left behind. And that's what I see. I see good people falling in line behind a leader of questionable morals and ethics. Well, in your opinion, do the Democrats in the South have their act together? No, I don't think the Democrats have their act together about anything. Okay. I think they... I think they blew a great opportunity. Uh, if they wanted, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I want to make that clear. I'm, I'm an independent. I have been for for years. I believe that you have to look at the ideals and the individuals and not the party alignments. Mm -hmm. But I think the Democrats as a group have have been very fragmented. I think that's going to be that if they expect to recoup any power in the next two to four years, they better get together and 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 come up with one idea and stick behind it. Because they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble. Uh, they just I believe that the next presidential race for the Democrats will be like the last one for Republicans. You'll have a a panel of candidates uh, across a broad spectrum, and uh, that's kind of the way Donald Trump got nominated because he he was himself and everybody else was kind of alike, and they kind of fragmented each other. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he had he accumulated the most delegates and, and was the man. I think the Democrats are going to have a trouble uh, picking a philosophy and picking a person to lead them. There's a lot of good candidates out there. I think there's a lot of good people that could be nominated for president or, or any other office and, 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 and be a viable consideration. But for that person actually can, can emerge and, and have a clear, clearly stated message and organize a campaign, I don't know. That's why Republicans are in power now is because they're better organized and more and more relentless. Well, talking about Republicans, let's let's break it down more to a state level now with you, Stephen Stephen Doyle of Greensboro.com with us here on the Y'all Show. What is the the latest with Raleigh? We've seen if if you don't live in North Carolina, I think most people would would relate state politics, in North Carolina, to bathrooms, which is probably not what uh, you want to be remembered for. But hey, that was the big national story. What what else is going what is what else is going on in Raleigh with the North Carolina state legislature? Well, the legislature and the governor do not get along. And Roy Cooper, you know, is a, a Democrat, won the gubernatorial race by about ten thousand votes last last uh, in two thousand sixteen. And and the general assembly, which has a supermajority of Republicans, uh, really just made it their mission now, kind of in Mitch McConnell style, just to block him in every way and and to strip him of power. They've now taken over a lot of his appointments. There's a story today where three or four people he appointed to boards 
they reject it. Hmm. And it's because those people had at different times done things that counter to their political views. Uh, not that they had a long history. Some of them were qualified as, as far as their resumes go. I don't know any of the individuals, so I can't speak if, if there's you know other problems. But they don't do this in public in public hearing. They just review the candidates and say and vote up or down. And this these guys that were appointed 15 months ago, and they were all the three of the four three or four today were were rejected. So they they really uh, dug in against the governor. They've they've battled him. They he's only had one veto, I believe, that wasn't overridden. And that, and oddly enough, involved a, a, a newspaper related uh, a newspaper related uh, law that they wanted to put in to take public notice advertising out of newspapers. And but they found a way around it and implemented the, the law. The law, and actually, it's just it just applies to us now. Just this newspaper in this county. Really? So they, yeah, it's an it, it was an attack uh, because. Of, one of the state senators from here, we she's been in government a long time, and we've had a lot of problems with her and her performance, and been at odds with her through county and city government before she got to the legislature, and has done a lot of things and that we don't think are appropriate. And we called her out a lot, and so she kind of retaliated by pushing this through. They went, it went from a statewide 100 county ordinance uh, law to four counties, which is the one that, the, that they passed and the governor vetoed, and they didn't override. And then they passed what are called, is called a local bill. A local bill in North Carolina is, is, a, is a bill that can be passed for a specific area. Uh, this led ostensibly by the by the representatives from that area, and the governor has no veto power over that. In fact, the governor hasn't had veto power in North Carolina for very many years, about 20-odd years. I can't remember the exact year, but in the 90s. Well, Stephen, you just proved that politics is wacky outside of Washington, D.C., as well as in Raleigh and other state capitals. It's a wacky business, and uh, that's why we we thank people like you who cover this and give us your opinion on the world of politics. Stephen Doyle of the News and Record in Greensboro, thank you for talking to us on today's Y'all Show. Thank you, John. I'm always happy to talk to somebody who says (laughs) y'all. Well, we say y'all a lot. And, again, if, you, if you, I may have caught you off guard earlier, but to our audience out there listening who may not be up on college sports, to the top is what you say if you're a Southern Miss Golden Eagle fan. And so that's what I was just Southern picking Miss on. Southern Miss to the top. There you go. We'll have to play here as we go to our break. How about a little Southern Miss fight song here on the Y'all Show? Thank you, Stephen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. All right. Go Golden Eagles. We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Show. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Back we are on the Tuesday edition of Y'all with John Rawl. Again, our Twitter account, at Y'all Show. We've got Instagram coming, 
and a Facebook page are coming as well. So if you're trying to reach us in all these what I call socialist media platforms, hang on to your stockings. <laughs> we're getting there. You, you know, we're Southerners, so it takes us just a little longer, especially on this new media stuff. But we are getting there. We're rolling this show out every day, something more coming up, and we're going to have some excitement coming on the show. Thursday, we've got a new addition to the Y'all family that we'll be bringing on, so I'm not going to tell you any more. You'll just have to tune in to the Thursday edition of Y'all. Tomorrow's show, for the most part, is going to be an encore of our show. If you're listening to us on one of our radio affiliates, we will not have a show on Independence Day, so we're taking the day off, but we're going to do a canned, packaged version of the Y'all Show for all of you who download the program in iTunes, and it'll be mostly an encore of past shows that we've done, but we, we want to do something special for you for Independence Today, so we'll have some new stuff in there on the Wednesday edition of Y'all, only via download, no radio edition on the 4th of July. Well, we heard in the previous segment from Stephen Doyle of News and Record and Greensboro.com in Greensboro, North Carolina. He talked a lot about Republican politics across the Southeast and the impact of President Trump. But even before President Trump got in the race, back in 2014, there was a heated race in Mississippi for the Republican Senate seat, one of the Republican Senate seats held in Mississippi. Roger Wickers got one. He should be easily reelected in November. But the other seat at the time was held by Thad Cochran. Thad Cochran had been a U.S. senator from Mississippi for decades and, you know, throwing my one cent's worth of opinion here, really hadn't done much. I mean, the guy was a ghost. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I lived in Oxford, Mississippi for 15 years, and it wasn't until year 14 of living there that I ever knew that Thad Cochran, the sitting U.S. senator, claimed Oxford, Mississippi as his residence. <laughs> he, he was never around. I think I saw him one time, and that was in that 14th year. Uh, some scandal with him, if you want to look him up. He, he had a wife in a Alzheimer's clinic in the Jackson, Mississippi area, but he lived in the basement of a campaign or a woman that worked in his office, who is now his girlfriend. Anyway, all this is true, nothing to deny here, but he, uh, in the race in 2014, there was a, a guy named Chris McDaniel who opposed Thad Cochran, and they had a massive fight for the Senate seat in the Republican primary. And it actually, McDaniel got more votes than Thad Cochran in the original primary, but he didn't get 50%. So they had to have a runoff. There was a third guy who caused the vote to not exceed 50%. They had to have a runoff, and a lot of the establishment Republicans did everything they could to keep McDaniel. They're scared of McDaniel. He's too conservative, I think, for them. And so they did some dirty tactics, in my opinion, and brought a lot of Democratic voters into the runoff of the primary. And Cochran was once again the winner, barely, and ended up being reelected. And, and then this year, Cochran resigned because his his health is just too bad. He had been missing a lot of stuff. He resigned, and Governor Phil Bryant, Mississippi, appointed Cindy Hyde-Smith, the agricultural commissioner in the Magnolia State, to fill the position. Well, she's up this fall in November in a race that's going to have herself, Mike Espy, 
running in this thing. Espy was a Clinton appointee as Secretary of Agriculture back in the 90s. He's running. He's a Democrat. But in this actual campaign in November, there's it's like a jungle deal, as Howie Morgan is, has described a few weeks on the show. And McDaniel is now a part of this. He's going to be in this race in November. And it's it's getting ugly. In fact, McDaniel just put a posting on his Facebook page that said, the only candidate in the Mississippi special election for U.S. Senate who has never voted for Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. And that's from Chris McDaniel, I guess, uh, sticking it to Cindy Hyde-Smith primarily there, his opponent in the special election coming up in November. McDaniel is actively working the state of Mississippi right now to try to get votes. And so this past weekend, Chris McDaniel was in Tupelo, and he did a little video deal outside of Elvis Presley's birthplace. Really cool, right? Well, I'm going to call this a D-U-M-M dumb vignette. We're going to do this from time to time where I just have to call out something that is D-U-M-M dumb. And that's what this was, McDaniel. I support you. You, you, you look like a great Southerner, and, and we love our Southern guys who are out there trying to do something different. But here he is in Tupelo, Mississippi, running for U.S. Senate for Mississippi, which is pretty southern state, pretty conservative place. And he's wearing a Chicago Cubs hat and shirt in his video message to the people on his Facebook page. That is D-U-M-M. Okay, I'll settle for a nice polo shirt or button down, but you can't wear Cubs stuff. Come on, McDaniel. And he's, a, I think, a state senator in Mississippi. Senator McDaniel, you got to do better than that, okay? you got to hide that Yankee team when you're campaigning in Mississippi, which is dominated by Cardinals fans and Braves fans, not Cubs fans. I know you may be a Cubs fan, but you kind of have to – you got to hide it, okay? But uh, anyway, McDaniel – at Tupelo uh, this past weekend, he also did a campaign stop in New Albany, Mississippi, and kind of covered the northern portion of the state. Now, Cubs fans, I know you're angry right now because I'm picking on your Cubs. I'll give you credit. Chicago Cubs, I don't really care for that much, but you have one of the greatest traditions in all of sports, not just baseball. I've been to a game at Wrigley, truly an awesome experience. Wrigleyville, great place. Best country bar I've ever been to just down the street from Wrigley Stadium. I've worked in Nashville throughout the 90s, love country music, the best country music place that I've ever been to to hear music and have a good time and have a few cold drinks was in Wrigleyville in Chicago, Illinois. Can you believe it? Yes, great place. And in the spirit of Chicago, as we go to break, if you've ever been to a Cubs game, if you've ever been around Chicago, and I hadn't been up there much, but I did go there several years ago and went to the Billy Goat Tavern. Ran into Ronnie Woo Woo Wickers. Never even heard of this guy. I'm sitting there on a day that the place was maybe a third full. It wasn't even crowded at the Billy Goat Tavern in downtown Chicago off of Michigan Avenue. This guy comes in wearing Cubs gear and starts doing this woo woo, woo woo thing. And I was like, what is up with that fella? Turns out he's a legend in Cubs world, and I had no idea who he was. And and so I got an introduction to Ronnie Woo Woo there in Chicago, and then I ended up going to a game at another visit to Chicago. And, and again, just a, a great experience 
And and a friend of mine who's a Cardinals fan, I told him how cool Chicago Cubs games were, even though I'm not a fan. It's just something to see. And he, he kind of, in a smart way, because the Cubs and Cards have a rivalry, he said, oh, yeah, Wrigley Field, the world's largest gay bar. <laughs> and there are gay bars all in the outfield area of Wrigley Field. But, yeah, I think that was more of a jab at just Cubs fans in general from my friend when he said that. But in the spirit of the Cubs and their optimism and the fact that they did win a World Series finally a few years ago, here is their official, unofficial theme song that I want to put out right now on the Y'all Show for, for Cubs fans to enjoy as the Cubs are going to be in action today facing the Detroit Tigers in a home match afternoon match leading into Independence Day. And the Cubs wish them well with the afternoon deal you know they used to only play games in the afternoons they didn't have lights at Wrigley but yes the Chicago Cubs kind of a darling team and a, a, a favorite team amongst baseball fans across the country tomorrow they will play another afternoon game against the Tigers in this interleague series against Detroit so as we go to break here's the Chicago Cubs song that gets them all worked out believing they can win another world series on the y'all show hour two coming up after this this is the y'all show with john rawl go cubs go What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep? Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst. Heartburn? Again? Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Hour two of the Independence Day Eve edition of the Y'all Show. Back with you, John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. Would love to hear from you. Get your opinion, your thoughts as uh, you get ready to go light up a few firecrackers. Please wait till tomorrow night. I don't like those folks who jump on the gun early and start fireworks going either today, tonight, or in the morning. <laughs> and uh, I've got a friend of mine. And he and his family live in a, in a, let's say, sketchy area of a city. And they like to ha play a game every 4th of July. And the game is fireworks or firearms. Evidently, there are people who go out and shoot guns on the 4th of July, which is not a smart thing. Because when you shoot a gun with a real bullet in it, in the air, what goes up must come down. And people get hurt and killed by such idiotic behavior so please don't play fireworks or firearms on the 4th of July if you can help it but it is a special day we wish everybody listening a very happy 4th of July on Wednesday and we will 
tell you about how to grill for the 4th of July in our next segment is we're going to have a re-air of our interview the other day with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He'll be back on just to talk about grilling for the 4th of July just in time for the big holiday in a little bit. Plus, as we wrap up today's special Independence Day flavored y'all show, there were a lot of ladies that helped out in the formation of our country, believe it or not. They don't always get the attention they deserve. And here at the Y'all Show, we love our women, and we really love our Southern women. And there are a few Southern heroines in the American Revolution that we're going to put our big old Y'all spotlight on before we get out of here today. So hang on for our South history Independence Day version a little later in today's program. But now... What we call sports land yap, where we mix in the sports that don't always and should receive a little bit more attention across our region. And we'll cover SEC. We're going to cover it big on Thursday. We've got ACC talk on the Wednesday Encore edition of y'all. But right now, let's take a little glance at the Sun Belt Conference, the conference that's in the group of five, and they play the big boys some, but they play mostly each other and smaller schools and they don't get quite the attention but they can go to bowl games and we've got some predictions that have just come out from Athlon's magazine about the Sun Belt Conference and we'll tell you who is the likely winner of the of that conference this year as well as some of the all-conference picks that have just come out from the Sun Belt. So this according to Athlon Sports and Life the predictions for the Sun Belt Conference this year they've got two divisions with a total of five teams in each division. And the prediction for the East Division this year, the Trojans from Troy State, also known as Troy, are predicted to do well in 2018. Appalachian State and Georgia State are right there in the mix to do well in the East Division. Georgia Southern, which has struggled, the Eagles down in Statesboro have had a tough go of it. And they're in there. And conference newcomer Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, picked to finish up at the bottom of the Sun Belt East this year. Now, I've got to give props to Georgia State as they had a horrible start last year. If you'll remember, they took over the Braves' old stadium, Turner Field, and converted it into Georgia State Stadium. They had a football game to start the year against an FCS opponent, Tennessee State, and the Tigers came to Atlanta and beat Georgia State in what was supposed to be this historic first game. And it, it was a horrible start for the first-year coach who had came, came over from South Carolina and had been on Steve Spurrier's staff. And Georgia State found some way to rebound throughout the season. They went to a bowl game, and they actually won their bowl game. I think they went to the Bahamas Bowl and defeated MTSU or either Western Kentucky, I'm sorry, one of those two teams faced off against Georgia State, and the Panthers won their bowl game. So what in football, even though you may start out terrible, you can right the ship, and that's exactly what GSU did last year. Congratulations to them. And they're expected to finish about midway through the East Division this year in the Sun Belt. Now, the real team to watch in the Sun Belt Conference in 2018 are the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. The Jonesboro Canines did well last year. I think they won the conference, and now this year they're projected to be an overall record of 9-4. and four. And they'll howl to the top once again, it looks like, if the predictions from Athlon 
ring true. Louisiana Monroe, hey, they're expected to finish pretty well this year. They've got a little bit of a rebuild going on there in northeast Louisiana, and we think that they might turn it around, get to a bowl game this year. A team that suffered and had a coaching change, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, expected to go 6-6, six and six, according to Athlon, this year. South Alabama, which also had a rough season last year, had a coaching change with their new coach this year. Also, according to Athlon, not, not expecting much in Mobile. One good news for South Alabama, I saw where they're working on a brand new stadium for South Alabama. This will be separate of Lad Peebles Stadium, and it may even be on campus. I need to look into that more beautiful facility they're trying to get done there and may reshape their program along the Gulf Coast in Mobile. Texas State, the Bobcats, are not expected to do well this year, and uh, they're at the bottom of the West Division prediction for this year. So Sunbelt Championship prediction from Athlon, Arkansas State will top Troy in the championship in 2018. This is if all things go according to Athlon's predictions. Now, these are not predictions from the Sunbelt Conference. These are actually the just-released some of your first team selections from the Athlon Sunbelt Conference team for 2018. Justice Hansen from Arkansas State is the first-team offensive quarterback for Athlon's predictions for the all-conference team. And, and at wide receiver, Penny Hart from Georgia State, Logan Hunt from Georgia Southern, is a defensive line choice on the all-conference preseason team from Athlon. Sunbelt Conference getting heated up across the southeast in a few months. Now to the FCS ranks, and a couple of southern schools are in the mix for betting odds to win the 2018 FCS national title. North Dakota State has had a grasp on this title for the last few years now. We saw in 2016... James Madison actually won it over North Dakota State, and the Dukes do have a, according to the betting odds, a 220 plus 220 chance of betting odds to win the FCS national title. North Dakota State is minus 150, by the way, in 2018 for winning the championship. Other Southern teams, Sam Houston State, the Bearcats at 2,500. Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks, 2,500. And Kennesaw State, man, they've come out of nowhere. The Owls with a 2,500 shot at winning the national championship in FCS in 2018. So uh, Southern Conference's Sanford Bulldogs, 7,500. And Wofford, they've had a coaching change in Spartanburg, South Carolina. They're at 10,000 for the odds of winning the FCS national title. Love FC FCS football, and we'll talk about it here on the Y'all Show periodically throughout the football season for sure and other news and notes going on. So we'll have Sunbelt, we'll have FCS, we'll have Conference USA, we'll have the American Conference, where we'll mix in other college stuff that's going on. And naturally, we'll have lots of ACC and tons of SEC here on the Y'all Show. So if you like sports and you like college sports, we will give everybody in the South some fair share and we know that the SEC is the dominant, so they're going to get more than anybody. But a lot of places don't even pay attention to the smaller guys, and we'll do it here on the Y'all Show, I promise you. Now, as we wrap up our lanyap, I don't know if you saw Kyle Busch's win this past weekend in Chicagoland and NASCAR, but he won barely. And now this weekend, NASCAR is going to be at Daytona 
for the Coke Zero Sugar 400. I don't understand why they took off the name Firecracker 400. I love that name, but it's no longer Firecracker 400. It's now the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And they wonder why NASCAR is suffering from, from a marketing standpoint and from an attendance standpoint. Well, we'll have to see how many people show up in the stands at a very hot Daytona raceway this weekend. But uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400, if you like NASCAR, we'll periodically talk NASCAR on Sports Land Yap and get some drivers on perhaps. If, if, if there are any Southern drivers left in NASCAR, it seems that so many of them sound like they're from other countries or perhaps someplace like, like Iowa where they have no Southern draw whatsoever. Well, speaking of Southern draws, Matt Hermans is up next. He is the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and he's going to give us just the right tips for grilling that hamburger or perhaps making a perfect hot dog tomorrow on the 4th of July. Hope, you, hope you're hungry because Matt's going to get you ready to get that grill fired up in the next segment as y'all rolls on on Tuesday. We'll be right back. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And I see how Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to decide to trim your eyebrows. Just a little off the top. Slip and lop off your left eyebrow. Oh. And frantically try to paste the brow back on your face. My favorite brow. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 brow-raising minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. We're yawing it up on a Tuesday. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And in the South, we love our barbecue. We love our grills. We love grilling. We love friends. We love cold drinks. 
and Matt Hermans is going to be a regular fixture on the Y'all program talking grilling in the South. And we had a chance to catch up with him just the other day where he specifically got us ready for the 4th of July. And we're going to go now hear a portion of our interview with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. If I had to tell you, Matt, I got tickets to the College Football National Championship 50-yard line, or you can stay home and I'm, I'm going to give you a complete freezer full of meat. Which of the oh, two would it be? Man, you're, you're making it hard on me. <laughs> Especially, I happen to be hungry at the moment. I don't know. The only way I could answer that um, you know, diplomatically would be how about both? So, uh, oh, okay, well, I thought you were going to ask who's playing in the You thought you had me in a corner. There. Well, I no. thought you were going to ask me who's playing in the game. If it was like well, uh, Ohio Dude, Ohio State, Notre Dame, you might uh, decide to stay home. Here. Give me the meat. Absolutely. <laughs> we're talking with Matt Hearman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and we're going to pick his brain about his blog that he's had where he highlights barbecue eateries across the southeast. He loves it all, and Matt – most of us don't have the kind of PhD in barbecue and that you do. So I know about red, yellow, and vinegar. That would be red sauce, mustard-based sauce, vinegar sauce. When you're, when you're talking about barbecue, is am I missing something? I, I know Alabama's got a white sauce. Yeah, well, I tell you what, that's, uh, that's just – you can get it's the tip of the iceberg on this thing. I know your neck of the woods, John. It really is. Uh, but that would be South Carolina, right? Yes, sir. Of course, that would be a, either mustard, I guess, or, or red. I guess y'all do a little vinegar over there too, though, right? Yeah, and I've grown to love vinegar more and more. Even when I'm in a mustard-based barbecue-centric restaurant, most of the most of those restaurants now have a vinegar offering as well, and it is good stuff. That is the wonderful yeah. thing about sauces is. Even if you're used to one, it's still, unless you have a, an allergic reaction, it's still really cool to try the other sauces. And, and it, it's, almost like, it's almost like dessert. I agree. Um, I love sauce, too, and, and that's going to uh, surprise, I think, some, some folks out there, being that I'm born and raised in Texas. I've lived in Memphis and lived in Mississippi for a period of time, and I've eaten every piece of barbecue I can get my mouth around for sure. But I do, uh, I do appreciate good barbecue sauce. It doesn't have to be on there. I like certain varieties, I would say, like Central Texas beef probably doesn't really call for a sauce. It's okay. Good. Well, that's what we got you on here for. So- yeah, but no, I love what you were saying before is true, too. When I, I spent about a year in, in Memphis eating every, <laughs> eating every bite of barbecue I could. And you're right, the, the sauce variety there is, uh, is pretty impressive. You can get all, you can get uh, mustard, you can get hot. That's what Memphis does real well is a really hot barbecue sauce that yeah. I love. But yeah, you can get vinegar almost every place too. It's just uh, Memphis kind of, um, they've got all the sauces there, probably centrally located, just kind of takes everything in. And when um, we're talking can, to sauces, some, some places load it up and you have to have a whole roll of paper towels alongside you when you're devouring the queue. And then some places... <laughs> don't really put much on there at all. That's, that's right. And I think part of that is, um, is regional, but I think even within the different regions, you've got uh, places that, that do it. For instance, if we're, I guess we can jump over to Memphis since, since we're talking barbecue, that's one of the first things that come to mind is there are certainly barbecue restaurants like the cozy corner in Memphis that, uh, their sauce is, is the main thing. They dump it all over the ribs and it's fantastic. It's a totally different uh, profile. They use, um, uh, charcoal no wood uh, 
to get that charcoal kind of smoke flavor, but then it goes well with the sauce and they have a hot sauce. So they dump it all over. Then you go down the street someplace like central and uh, you got to order it wet or else they give it to you dry with just the dry rub topping. Um, so yeah, even within that side, there's wet and dry ribs. And, um, that's the thing about Memphis. that's interesting. And I know you're familiar with the place as well, John, is there's no, um, there, there are wet ribs in Memphis and they're good. There are a lot of dry ribs and that's what they're known for, but they do both very well. All right. Help me out here. I'm at cozy corners website, CozyCornerBBQ.com, and they're located at 735 North Parkway in Memphis. So if you need to fly in specifically to have a meal at Cozy Corner, it's going to be about a 25-minute uh, Uber ride to the location at 735 North Parkway, but well worth it. And not only uh, do they have good queue there, Matt, I like the fact that pictured right on their homepage is a bologna sandwich and a four-bone rib. So what in the world is a four-bone rib? <laughs> the four-bone rib is just the uh, – typically they have a rib sandwich, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you've got, you've got bones in it. <laughs> but the, but the, the rib sandwich is something that exists. And uh, Cozy Corner, you basically just kind of tear the meat off the rib and eat it with the, the bun or even take it apart and just use the, the bread to throw up the sauce. I mean, it's not the most uh, – not the first thing that comes to mind when you think of eating ribs, but that four bone rib sandwich is, is pretty good. It just gives you a little bit of bread along with your uh, along with your ribs. So those are fantastic. All right, and I was so blown away by Cozy Corner, I actually missed the other location you were telling me about. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, the other there's there's obviously there's everybody's got their favorite in Memphis, but well, another one is, uh, the other one you just mentioned a moment ago would be Central Central Barbecue. Central, they've yeah, they've got two. They've got two. They've got one downtown, and there's one of the originals over on Central Avenue in, in Midtown, kind of on the edge of East Memphis there. But that's uh, that's kind of your your um, ubiquitous or your your textbook uh, dry rib at Central. They do make a wet rib, and you can get it wet, uh, but generally people go there for the dry rub, which I think a lot of the barbecue experts, people who are obsessed like me, smokeheads or whatever you want to call them, they will immediately smokeheads. That's a new one. Okay, they, I like that. They will immediately know what I mean when I say dry rub. And but a lot of people, I think, who aren't totally crazy about barbecue and all the nuances therein, they will say, "Well, you know, isn't everything a dry rub? I mean, every rub you put on the the meat when you put it on the smoker is dry. It's not wet. Nobody puts any sauce on it when they. That's all true. That the key about the dry rub is that the dry rub is a specific kind of a rub or seasoning, if you will, that you put on after the rib has been cooked. Um, it doesn't get cooked on there with the meat. It goes on after. So there will typically be some type of wet adhesive, if you will, that could be any type of sauce or a vinegar base or anything like that that you put on after the rib is through. And then you dump a healthy portion of this uh, relatively lightly salted but flavorful kind of savory seasoning mix over the top of the rib and eat it like that. So that's the that's the key to the dry the dry rub. Yeah, all all rubs are dry when they go on, but that's the that's the difference. That's the Memphis uh, specialty is that dry rub. Central's got a pretty good pretty good uh, version of that, along with other places. Everybody's yes. got well, well let's let's focus on these two this week. We've got a long way to go, Matthew. A long yeah, way sure. to go, and Memphis is going to be one of our. Uh, sweet spot places when it comes to barbecue that we can we could we could do a whole decade on just Memphis yep, places and we Very we good. probably will but we're going to mix it in with places across the entire southeast here yep, on the all show but I, I want to tell you some breaking news you mentioned that Central had two locations my friend they've grown 
They're now in three locations in Memphis. They're downtown, midtown, and east on Summer Avenue. In fact, help us out, Matt. I think you and I have had a date before at the downtown location, and it's 147 East Butler. Isn't that right next to the Martin Luther King Civil Rights Museum where King was killed? It is. It's right. It's right in that South Main district. It's really uh, gotten gotten better and better, and yeah. a cool place over time. Yeah, you're right. That's actually my favorite location. It's not the original, but I like that. It's one. right by the Lorraine Hotel in downtown it Memphis. Is. You could throw a bowling ball and hit that hotel from the down low, downtown location of yes, Central Barbecue in Memphis, Tennessee. We're talking with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. We're going to go to a much Deserved timeout so I can uh, maybe sample some cue here during the break. I know Matt's cooking it up. We're going to take a timeout, come back with Matt, and since July 4th is literally next week, we're going to get Matt's grilling tips, maybe some things he's got planned for the big holiday. All that is right ahead on the Y'all Show, talking barbecue. Hi, Tom Bodette. Ever notice how some places use fancy words just to make things more expensive? Like calling anything handmade craft or using aioli when they just mean mayonnaise. Well, at Motel 6, expensive words aren't really our thing. Our thing is clean, comfortable rooms at a great low price. So you can get a good night's sleep that leaves you feeling as fresh as that massage kale salad. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6 and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. GEICO waives any and all liability if you attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for eyes, the GEICO legal team would be cool with that because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And we're back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the show all about the South. And when we talk about the South, well, there's one word that comes to mind. And 
there's many words, but one key word, and that's food. And the food is a aspect of this region that makes us stand out from any other part of the country. And we're talking barbecue now with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. He's going to be a regular guest here on the Y'all Show and share with us his insight of great places throughout these 16 southern states to devour good Q, but also grilling tips. It's more than just pork barbecue. It can be ribs. It can be also the Texas-style barbecue and, and more and non-favorites, uh, the, the, the ones that maybe only pop up once every blue moon that you want to go out and cook in the and the grill in the backyard. So, so much here on the Y'all Show, and cooking is, is going to be something that we gladly take some time to discuss here on the show. So, Matt, we had you mention a few places in segment one about uh, Memphis, for example, but July 4th, right around the corner, which is not only a national holiday to celebrate the, the birthday of the United States, but it's kind of an unofficial holiday for barbecue and grilling. So Absolutely. how do you get ready for the most important day of, of your, of your year? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I get real excited to put it that way. Okay. Um, it, is, it is kind of the, uh, I'd say barbecue or grilling, obviously two kind of different methods, but it's definitely, uh, the, uh, yeah, the official sport of the 4th of July, if you want to call it that. So I, uh, I like to barbecue, and when I say barbecue, I like to cook, get something on the smoker, cook it indirect, low and slow, but I also like to get the grill fired up. Of course, that when I say grill, I mean cooking something direct over coal or gas, direct heat. I like to do both. I like to do everything I possibly can, get all the meat I possibly can out there and invite people over and uh, do it that way. So I love to grill as well. I don't just like to barbecue and smoke, but I love to grill as well. Well, uh, forgive me for the vernacular. I am not as advanced in this as you. Sadly, when I eat barbecue, it's usually something I buy at a restaurant. I don't cook, yeah. cook myself, but I'm envious of you, and we all want to be envious of you. In fact, before we get out of here, while you're talking about getting friends together, please share your home address with everybody so we, we can all show up for the grilling on July 4th. Just kidding yeah. there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 116 not enough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what all, besides the, I guess, basics, uh, do you, what is your opinion of grilling hamburgers? Well, I love to grill hamburgers. Okay. I didn't know if that was beneath you. Oh, no, no. I, I, I appreciate the fine arts of direct heat grilling as much as I uh, do the indirect barbecue as well. So I love to cook hamburgers. Uh, I love to cook uh, steaks. And where do you I, get your hamburger meat traditionally? Where do you get that? I, I traditionally get my hamburger meat wherever I can close to me. But I will tell you, the key to a hamburger, a really fantastic hamburger, is to uh, get a fattier meat. And that seems like... Uh, you know, may think it's not the most healthy thing in the world, but, but it's ground beef. There'll be ground sirloin, which is very lean. There'll be ground chuck, be ground beef. Uh, the chuck and the beef are the two fattiest uh, cuts of or grinds, if you will, of the meat. You want to use one of those, and you want to make your patties uh, larger than you would imagine because the fattier the meat, the more flavor, but at, at the same time, the more it's going to shrink up. So, um, if someone who used to using a little bit leaner meat goes out and makes the patties the size they want them, they will end up being little hockey pucks uh, that uh, are more like a meatball, I guess, if you will, because they'll shrink up. But fatty meat, um, salt, pepper, whatever seasoning you like on the burger, and uh, make them make them bigger than you anticipate. And you can get them on there. Now, you get a good char, but you don't want to burn them. Some people like eating meat 
eat the hamburger with a little bit of pink inside. I think that's okay as long as it's not too pink. That's the way I like my burger. Uh, but, yeah, fatty meat, uh, good-sized patty, charcoal, or grill. You can do it on a gas grill as well, but yeah. um, pretty straightforward. Well, I know that you may think of me as a Yankee because I'm not from Texas, okay? So that probably <laughs> is how you feel about most people. No, but not at all. Is this, is this Yankee? When I make burgers, oftentimes to try to make them somewhat visually appealing after they come off the grill – I'll take the the round meat after I make a little ball and smush it down with a plate so it's like a flat burger. Is yeah, that is that Yankee or not? No, that's a great idea. I was going to say another way to do it. You got a little ring mold uh, that you can put it down into. Anything to get your shape um, right is it works great. The the key about the burger is is uh, we've all probably learn this over time but if you you want the the center of the burger to be a little bit thinner than the outside because it's just naturally going to draw up into a rounder shape um so that's just kind of a that's that's getting deep into the uh, aesthetics of, of grilling i guess well but, uh, we want a good tasting burger but if we can we'd all like to have a good looking burger so yeah, that uh, somebody actually it. picks it out and eats it yeah yeah you want the uh you want the meat to fit the bun there's nothing you don't want a nice, uh, a good bun. The meat is just is, is too small inside. Then you're eating bun. I mean, this is this is some intense level uh, grilling right here. This yeah. is when, and that's what we expect when we talk to the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, <laughs> Matt Hermans, here on the Y'all Show. John Rawl talking with Mister Hermans, and hey, you just mentioned bread. I, I don't want to discount the fact that bread is not important. It is important. So, what is the correct bun for a hamburger in Hermans world? Well. I would say I will give you a little hot tip here. I like um, an onion bun or a poppy seed bun or what you call a kaiser roll. However, those are very thick cuts and very bready um, pieces of, of burger holding material, if you will. So what I like to do, I like the bread. I like the texture of kind of a thicker bun like that. What I do like to do is kind of tear out some of the center. And if you've ever seen how they do it in New Orleans where they kind of uh, – uh, peel out some of the the inner portion of the po' boy roll to uh, cut down the the bread to meat ratio. That's what I like to do with a nice Kaiser roll or poppy seed roll. Just tear out some of it. That way you get that nice shiny, tasty uh, bun, but you don't have pounds and pounds of uh, of bread to power your way through because it really is about the meat. So, um, good old fashioned sunbeam or Mrs. Baird's roll. Nothing wrong with that either mm -hmm. at all. Um, I can never. Uh, that that's really nice. Those smash down into a nice little burger holder. But I would say if you're going to use a nicer bun, an onion or a poppy seed, just tear out some of that extra bun, especially on the top. Um, that way you can get your mouth around it. You get all the good stuff about that roll, but you don't have all the extra bread to fill you up. That would be my tip. And since we were talking about some barbecue sauce earlier, what is your take on barbecue sauce on hamburgers? Uh, you know, I, I don't generally uh, do it myself, but I tell you what, if you do it right, if you get a little cheddar cheese, maybe some uh, bacon, something that goes along with that sweet barbecue sauce, if you like it sweet, uh, that's a pretty good uh, combo, I will say. I'm typically a uh, kind of a mayo guy or something creamy, maybe even a, a ranch dressing. I know people are going to. Ranch dressing on a hamburger? Wouldn't hear that. All I'm right, you're officially a Yankee. We're, you're off the show. Yeah. I'm telling you, just give it a shot and then send the, the non-existent hate mail to John Roll. Yeah. No, uh, I tend to like a little creaminess with my charcoal burger. But barbecue, I'll tell you what, you can put 
If you happen to have some pulled pork laying around from your last barbecue last weekend, put that on a burger as well with some barbecue sauce, and then you got a whole new, a whole new animal right oh. there. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, we're running out of time, uh, and since we're getting ready for Fourth of July, and people need to make their plans. We're going to tap your mind as we go along here on the Y'all Show with, with all kinds of grilling tips and suggestions to go get barbecue. But since 4th of July is very heavy on hot dogs and hamburgers, and we've just discussed burgers, tell me what you think of how to pull off the perfect hot dog for the 4th of July. Well, that's pretty That's pretty simple. I think you're going to have two uh Two thoughts there. Some people like their their hot dog nice and charred um, over the uh, crunchy almost, if you will. You get the nice grill char over it, and some people don't like that. So the key, I would say, is to offer both, and that's very easy to do. If you're using a gas grill, you just have uh, – you put the high heat on one side and you leave the other side off. Um, if you're using charcoal, you just put the charcoal on one side of your charcoal grill, and that way you've got two different ways to heat the – the the hot dog so you get the nice char on the one side where the heat is coming up directly either through charcoal or the propane you can get that nice brown char people like the crunchy crispy hot dogs i happen to like it that way myself however you put them on the other side close the lid for a few minutes and you get the even heat the nice uh, overall heat that's not going to give you the charred little areas on it um, that way you've got the char folks who like their, their the hot dogs char, then you've got the ones who like them without the char, and both of them get cooked, both of them get done. You only need one grill. That's what I would tell you, and that's main. That's the main thing with with hot dogs. What do you like, John? You like the charred uh, skin on there? Or do you like it just overall cooked evenly? No, I like that charred skin. Ooh, You're, you and me both. That's what I'm talking about. But some of us, some of us don't like it that way. I've I wonder. Gotten, since we're talking July 4th and hot dogs, I wonder how Joey Chestnut likes his hot dog. By the dozen. <laughs> Last year, Chestnut ate 72 hot dogs to claim Nathan's hot dog eating contest in New York. And I know he's won that many times. Uh, do you know the count? It. He likes it dipped in water. Have you ever watched that? No, I haven't. They dip the, the bun in the water. It goes down easy that way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recommend that in any way, shape, or form, but he's got his method. Wow. Joey Chestnut, who has won several times in the last decade. I I, I don't know how he does it, Matt. I don't either. I like hot dogs, but anything past about forty is too much for and me. And we gotta give Joey some credit. He's a southerner, at least by birth. He was born in Fulton, Kentucky. In 1983, he's 34 years old. Joey Chestnut, you go, boy, when you go to the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on the 4th of July. I'll be uh, make sure to tune in for that. So we've talked uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, and since people are getting things together, what's the, the great drink to go along with all of that? Sweet tea? Beer? Well, sweet tea. Sweet tea has got to be, I mean, that's obvious. I don't even think I need to cover that. That goes perfectly. <laughs> Okay. But then, you know, a nice cold adult beverage to keep the, uh, you know, keep the temperature down. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Especially with a hot dog or a hamburger, that's about as 4th of July as I can imagine. And, and, and cooking this stuff, you can do in advance. So what's the best way you would suggest if you want to cook, let's say, July 3rd and not deal with all the gnats and mosquitoes and the, temp- the high temperatures? What yeah. is your best way to store this stuff and make it fresh? Well, it's 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 always best to do it the day of, but exactly. you got a lot of people coming over. You may want to knock it out earlier. What I would say is uh, you do hot dogs and hamburgers. That's fine. 
um, get them on the grill. Of course, we're talking grilling, of course. Get them on the grill, get them cooked to uh, just about almost where you want it. Uh, then go ahead and put them on some type of metal tray, cover it up with foil. Then you want to heat it slowly in the oven. I wouldn't go over 175 or 200 degrees the next day just to get it back to temperature. It is going to cook a little bit. So if you, you like your burger just a little bit pink in there, you may uh, cut back uh, a couple minutes just because it's going to cook a little bit in the oven. Hot dogs are going to be fine either way, especially if they're charred. But keep them covered. Uh, if you uncover them in the oven even, even at low heat, they're going to go ahead and dry out and start getting crumbly. Nobody wants any of that. Yeah. So I keep them covered, reheat them in the oven only. Microwave, of course, will destroy the meat. That's the meat destroyer. <laughs> do that, and, and you should be fine. You know your burger's about ready to roll as soon as the the, uh, the juice is run clear. As soon as you see some clear juice, you can pull that sucker off, and you've probably got a perfectly cooked burger. Wow. That's what I would. Well, I, I hate that we had to – belittle you here on this week's y'all show and talk such elementary stuff as burgers and hot dogs i know this is a little bit below your pay grade but since july 4th is coming and those are two of your main parts of that holiday we really needed to get your take on it so thank you thank you thank you i love it any excuse to talk meat grilling especially with you mr wall anytime all right matt hearman's barrister of bodacious barbecue we'll catch up with you near a grill soon thank you sir Yes, sir. Happy Fourth. Excuse me, kind human. Hey, that's my phone. I see that it is not on the Sprint network. You should switch to Sprint ASAP and get four lines of unlimited for $25 per month per line with a fifth line free. It is an excellent deal that will be gone as of July 12th. Wow, I'd better get over to Sprint then. You are displaying excellent judgment. And for a limited time, when you switch to Sprint, you can get 50% off a Samsung Galaxy S9 with Sprint Flex Lease. Galaxy S9 includes Samsung's best camera ever with super slow-mo and advanced low-light photo taking. I'm definitely switching to Sprint. It is going, going, gone as of July 12th. Visit your nearby Sprint store, Sprint.com slash GS9, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Savings until 630 19 $60 a month for line 1, $40 a month for line 2, and $30 a month for lines 3 through 5 with auto pay speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Galaxy S9, 60 a month after 16 a month credit. Apply within two bills. With approved credit, 18-month lease and new line of service. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Coverage and offer not available everywhere or for discounted phones. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. I just need a little me time. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving. 
makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. segment on the y'all show with john rawl and we talk history on the show in addition to all the other subjects that we discuss each and every day monday through friday the y'all show all about y'all talk with a southern accent now as we celebrate our nation's birthday tomorrow and we know all about the Founding Fathers, the Washingtons, the Adams, the Jeffersons, the Madisons, and the other ones that were right there, Ben Franklin, don't want to leave him out, those who helped form our country and put their neck on the line on Independence Day back in 1776 by telling the King of England, hey, we're out of here, see you later. Well, when the war with Great Britain kicked off with Lexington and Concord, there were women who were involved in the fight. I'm sure some picked up arms. I don't have proof of that quite yet. This 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 story I'm about to tell you may may share some of that, but they hurt, helped out whether by with information that they passed along or their support. They took care of wounded. So right now, as we get ready to close out today's y'all show on the eve of Independence Day, want to put a spotlight on Southern women who helped out in the American Revolution and helped form our country. Margaret Cochran Corbin was one of the wives during the Revolution who was called a camp follower. These women followed their husbands doing the laundry, cooking, and whatever domestic chores needed to be done for the Continental Army. On November 16, 1776, while they were at Fort Washington, which is actually now Manhattan, the fort was attacked by British and Hessian troops who were German soldiers fighting for Britain, and Margaret's husband, a Virginian named John, was assisting a gunner who was ultimately killed during the battle. John then took over as a gunner until he was killed. Margaret, who was known as Captain Molly, had no time to mourn and continued firing the cannon alone until she was wounded, severely injuring her shoulder and chest and mangling her jaw. Corbin was never recovered from the injuries and from the wounds, and she was left without the use of her left arm for the rest of her life, though she actually did fire on the British. So there's an example right there. I knew she had been injured, but I wasn't sure if she was firing a gun, and there we just found out. Margaret Cochran Corbin, a heroine from the Revolutionary War. Here's another one. Catherine Kate Barry. She was known as the heroine of the Battle of Cowpens in South Carolina. She volunteered as a scout for the American forces, 
because she knew every trail and shortcut around her plantation in the South Carolina upcountry, and she was great on a horse, so she was crucial in warning the militia of the approaching British. And during the January 17, 1781 Battle of Cowpens, she was instrumental in rounding up militia, including her own husband, Captain Andrew Barry, to support General Daniel Morgan and his troops. And because of her bravery, the Battle of Cowpens was a decisive victory by the Continental Army forces in the Southern Campaign of the American Revolution. How about you, Kate Barry, the Battle of Cowpens? Now, also in South Carolina, in the middle part of the state where Columbia is, in Lexington County, my home county, Emily Geiger was a heroine of the American Revolution. She actually is a distant relative of mine. I have Geiger blood in me. And she was captured by the Tories. Now, those were Americans who were sympathetic to the British cause. And she was captured by Tories while on a military mission as a civilian. She was carrying an important message across enemy grounds when she was taken and questioned by the Tories. And then the Tory matron could find nothing on her because Emily Geiger had memorized the message, then physically ate the message, so they had to let her go. And, of course, after she was let go, she proceeded to verbally deliver the message to the Patriot forces, people like Francis Marion, Thomas Sumter, down in South Carolina, Emily Geiger, who lived until 1825 in Lexington County, South Carolina, a heroine of the American Revolution. And that's a trio of great Southern ladies who helped out and helped form our country. We salute y'all. Way to go. All right, that is a wrap on today's Y'all Show, our red, white, and blue edition of the program. Again, we'll be back. If you're a radio listener, we'll be back live, loud, and proud on Thursday, the day after the 4th of July, with a lot of SEC talk. We'll have an SEC insider join us and give us the scoop on the Southeastern Conference. Also, on the Thursday show, we'll look at festivals coming up this weekend across Dixie. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Until we see you next time, John Rawl signing off. You've been listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep? Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst. Heartburn? Again? Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Reese and Irvy's here, the world's first and only frozen yogurt and ice cream dispensing robot franchise. Today, we're talking with Christina Gregory, one of our 235 national franchisees. What drew you to starting a Reese and Irvy's franchise? Knowing I could own my own business that brings smiles to customers and revenue to me. 
Delicious desserts in under 60 seconds made by a robot? That's unseen in the marketplace and the kind of opportunity I was looking for. What excites you about the potential of your recent Irby's franchise? Honestly, my robots don't get sick, never take time off, and never show up late. My robots allow me time to focus on what's important, my customers. What do you love most about being a recent Irby's franchisee? The support from Reese and Irby's. They secured high traffic locations for my robots and provided all the training I needed. Now I deliver a unique frozen experience that's on the cutting edge of technology. Interested in a recent Irby's franchise of your own? Simply go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 5353 to learn more. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 5353. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. 